here with Amy Powell. Amy, welcome to the Ward family. And Amy, where were you born and then where did you subsequently grow up? I was born in Walnut Creek in the East Bay. I lived there while I was young. We moved when I was five to Utah, Salt Lake City, when my dad was transferred there by his firm. And then I did my schooling there. So I was there till I was 18. And as you were growing up there in Salt Lake, what kinds of uh, activities or interests did you have? I grew up in a time I just would play with the neighbors and my friends from school and church a lot. We would walk to each other's houses. So it was, you know, a really fun, carefree childhood. I played the piano and violin, so I spent a good amount of time practicing and I probably spent the most time on dance. I studied at a couple different studios and I did that all the way through when I graduated from high school and, and then even beyond into college. And as you were growing up and in school, were there certain subjects that you took a particular interest in or that you feel like you gravitated towards? I really liked almost everything. My least favorite subject was biology, but I liked the other sciences. I liked physics. I liked chemistry. But my favorites were probably English and math. And then after those high school years, where did you end up going to college? Uh, I went to Boston University and I studied communication disorders, which covers speech language pathology and audiology. And then I was actually in a five-year bachelor master's program. And so the first three years were basically my undergrad years. And then my senior year and fifth year were grad school where I decided to do just the speech pathology. You had to decide to do one or the other at that point. So I, my master's is in speech language pathology. And how did you end up picking BU as the place to go in that particular major to focus on? The major, what happened was I was probably eight or nine and I knew that I wanted to do this career. I didn't know what it was called. And so I just planned to become a teacher. And then I was talking to a relative of mine and telling her what I was interested in. And she has a background in education. And she said, hey, that's actually a different degree. That's not a teacher's degree. What you're talking about is speech and language pathology. And so I started looking it up. I was probably 12 or 13 when she told me that. So I looked it up and sure enough, that was what I was interested in. So I started looking in high school, I don't know, like my sophomore, junior year, I looked at what were the top programs for speech language pathology. There were a lot fewer in that, you know, this was like the late 80s when I was looking at those programs. So there were a lot fewer programs at that time. And many colleges were trying to quickly develop them because there was a big demand, a growing demand for speech pathologists. But anyway, I looked at the top three. I applied to two of them. And I also applied to Tufts because um, I was thinking about doing psychology. That was sort of a side pull that I had. So anyway, I applied to uh, Northwestern BU and Tufts and back then it was a whole lot less competitive and I got into all of those and I decided I probably wouldn't get into any of them today but I ultimately got a really nice offer from Boston University and with six siblings who were also going to college it was attractive to 
maybe take a little pressure off my parents and they were, you know, trying to help us make our way academically or financially through our academics. So yeah, it was a really generous offer and I was extremely appreciative and I ended up loving my uh, department. I ended up going back and actually working for them for a little bit before I left Massachusetts. So yeah. And you have two older siblings. Where were they in school when you started school? My brother was at MIT, and he he actually, we only overlapped because of his mission. He's four years older than me. And my sister was attending Wellesley, and so it was pretty fun to, I mean, it was coincidence. I did not go out to Boston because of them, but I loved that I occasionally saw them. And, I, you know, I spent a lot of time at MIT for social stuff. It was a fun place to hang out. So I'd hang out with my brother and his friends. And then I also would, uh, sometimes my sister would come in from Wellesley and we'd all hang out together on the weekends. It was pretty fun. And then how did we meet? We met at your fraternity when I attended a party there and you were a freshman and I was a junior. And then as time went on, are there any in terms of our courtship and things like that, are there any particular memories that stand out for you? I remember our first date was really fun. That We just talked a lot. It was easy to talk and, you know, it just felt natural from the very beginning. I remember when you pinned me uh, with your, what did they call it, a fraternity pin or something? Mm-hmm. And, Badge, yeah. Okay, and yeah. some of your brothers were displeased because no one really did that anymore. Uh, I tell people the story of when you kind of broke into my classroom over at BU and wrote a love letter on the chalkboard. I tell that story a lot to people. There was, I mean, our engagement, that was a that was a fun and memorable part of our courtship when we went out to Nantucket and rode around on the scooter. <laughs> and then where did we get married and what was that like? We got married at the New England Aquarium. And they, you know, they rent out that facility in the evenings after hours. And so we had an evening wedding. They have a a really, a lovely, large patio out back where we got married because it's right on the waterfront. And then we had our reception uh, in one of the structures at the aquarium. And we had a sea lion show. And so after you graduated from BU, so your master's was in speech pathology. And so what did you end up doing after you graduated? I started working for one of the public school districts that was that is west of Boston. It's called Sudbury. And I was living in Hudson, for those who know, like Hudson, Marlboro, Sudbury, Concord. I mean, I know there's some people who hail from there. I worked there for four years as it it was actually I was the first speech pathologist there just because the school was new and had recently opened. After four years, I gave notice and my principal happened to also give notice and I followed her to the Boston Public School System. And I worked there part time and then I also worked for my alma mater, Boston University, part time and I was uh, graduate student supervisor and uh, I mean like the lowliest of lowliest clinical professors like an associate clinical professor I taught one class. So then after I graduated from business school we moved out to the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. At that point why didn't you pursue speech and language work further? 
I mean, there was a lot of things that I found attractive about that profession. And one of them, not the biggest one, but one of them was that I thought it was going to be a flexible career path where I could leave and, you know, have kids come back, which I think that is true about that career path. I also thought I'd be able to work part time. And what I'm sure it varies from community to community and, you know, state to state and things like that. But in Massachusetts, where parents were well-informed and the special education laws were strong, they were stronger than even the federal special education laws, it was a demanding occupation. I was working probably, I don't know, what would you say, 70 hours a week, maybe? Some hours, some weeks more. My caseload was out of control. And I was talking to some of the other therapists, like occupational therapists and physical therapists who were designated as halftime and they were working 40 hours a week. So what I realized was it wasn't quite as workable as I thought it would be as since I wanted to have a family and I wanted to be able to stay home at least part-time with my kids. So I decided to step back from that and do it just privately, do some private therapy, but start doing some other things. And what are some of those other things that you that you decided to pursue? Well, while I was still working in the public schools, I got certified to do uh, group exercise instruction and I became also certified as a personal trainer. And when we moved to California, I was working as a personal trainer for the most part. That was my primary job. After we came out to California, after a couple of years, we started having kids. Mm -hmm. And so we now have two sons. Mm -hmm. Um, What was that transition like in terms of becoming a mom? I loved it. You know, it was hard day to day. It certainly has, it's very challenging. It's demanding. It's exhausting. So I don't want to, you know, pretend it was all you know, wine and roses all the time. But it was, for me, it was like watching. I'd learned a lot about child development and not just speech pathology, but psycho, you know, psychology. I'd done a minor and I'd had to do a lot of just general child development studies. So it was like watching it in action. It was really fun to watch every day, not just like when I'd see a kid twice a week or I'd see a child three times a week or maybe once a week, but all the time watching this kid uh, develop and change and grow. And you could just see the almost, it felt like you could almost see the neurological wiring happening and the development was just so fast and so stunning. So it was really, I loved it. I loved watching all the way till adulthood. I loved watching that development process. And so now at this point, our boys are out of the house, they're, mm-hmm. they're in college. And so as you kind of think back, were there certain principles or values that you really wanted to kind of in, instill in them um, as they were kind of growing up or as now they go forward as adults? I mean, yeah, there's, there were several that I was hoping to instill. I don't think I was, I don't know that I was so successful. I mean, I'd One that I would say is be kind, and I don't feel like I'm the greatest example of that. But another one that I would say a lot to them was contribute. Be part of society and be a contributing member of society. You know, I would often say to them, you were blessed with an able mind and an able body, and make sure that you're contributing. 
just make sure that you are giving to your community and, you know, look around and look for those who need some help or a lift that day. I mean, it can just be really simple, but do something. You do a lot of service, both kind of in the church and outside of the church. How, how have you thought about that and, and what is it that kind of draws you towards service? Uh, there's a lot of things. It definitely gets me outside of myself and I just think that's helpful for me. It allows me to meet a lot of different people from different walks of life. With a regular volunteer position, it allows me to build a community and make a lot of new friends. Some positions are more edifying than others, but I always learn something. Usually you're working with other people who are, you know, they're kind, they're giving, they're generous people. And so I find that a good place to be around those people. I feel like I need their influence. Now, as we're kind of going into these empty nester years, are there certain things that you'd like to do kind of in this phase of life or this kind of chapter of life? Well, I like to travel. <laughs> we're traveling right now. I like to travel as a family. I like to travel with my friends. I like to travel with my kids. I don't actually like to travel, as you know. <laughs> I actually hate it, but I like to explore and see new things, and I like to spend that kind of concentrated time with you and the boys. It's really fun to see different parts of the world, and I've considered a huge blessing that I have that opportunity to go see places and learn about other cultures, other people. Well, Amy, thanks so much for being a part of this, and... Uh... I know that you're a super integral part of our family and, and the broader Ward family. And so um, just really love you and really cherish every moment with you. Thank you.